two guys who love talking about a game within a game in association with Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Peterson. I'm Andrew. And this is FPL SideNet. Hello, managers, and welcome back to the FPL Sidenet podcast. We are recording this on Wednesday night, December the 20th. And as always, I'm joined by my man, Andrew, who has just wrapped up his annual Christmas Home Alone movie marathon. Andrew, Christmas time, lots of movies flying around. Are you a Home Alone truther? Is it one or two? Which one Which one gets the, the gold? Well, one is obviously like the best, but I love Home Alone too. And some people don't. And I think it's fantastic. I Every year when I watch the Home Alone movies at Christmas, because that's just what I do, the scene in number two, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, I'm about to, to ruin it for you. But it's when, 30 years old. Pete. Yeah, get yeah, get over it if you're gonna get upset. <laughs> yep. the, the scene where he throws the bricks at the guys off off the roof and he hits hits the guy hits uh Marv in the head with the bricks. Like everybody here when that happens, I'm just I'm cackling myself. Just yeah, slapstick yeah. comedy. It's just what I'm raised on. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I love, I love the uh, the pigeon lady from Home Alone too. She's a real character that sticks with me. Piers Morgan. Yeah. No, the, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Piers Morgan. Correct. Someone once pointed out that it looks like Piers Morgan. That's all I've ever thought of. <laughs> yeah, you can never unsee it after that. Oh, it's, it's a great movie. But uh, what about your thoughts on a movie like A Mum for Christmas? Well, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine, I must admit. I, I did have um I did have two older sisters as a kid, so I'm pretty sure I watched a mum for Christmas every year. Um yeah. literally every year throughout my childhood. Um, no regrets. I'd watch it again. Yeah. And obviously I'm like I'm preaching to the choir here, but die hard. Yeah. Die hard's a Christmas movie, hundred percent? Yes, one million percent. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I knew I knew I, you'd be like, Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. What are we arguing about here? Come on. Oh, I went to uh, I went with my family to um, a Christmas um, show on Saturday, and the the person asked the crowd for a show of hands. He thinks Die Hard's a Christmas movie, so it was over. It was overwhelming, overwhelmingly yes. Yeah, uh, good, good. And yeah, the, the people like, who um... di- the people who didn't raise their hand, I made a mental note, jotted down their number plates when they walked back to their cars. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> retribution will be tires. <laughs> They try to drive off. They're just yeah. completely deflated. <laughs> yeah, rightly so. Uh, what about um? Uh, what's a good one with uh, with your family that you watch? I mean, my daughter watched Elf for the first time this year, and she absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe my kids are a bit young for Elf. I love Elf. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like going back to sort of when I was a kid, I used to love the Santa Claus movies as well with Tim ah, Allen. Yeah. So, yeah, I might try to introduce those to the kids this year. See if yep. I can. Yeah. See if I can get them. Uh, on board with those. I like it. But um, yeah, my guilty pleasure is Love Actually. Oh, really? I, I fucking love Love Actually. <laughs> I've seen it so many times. Every, at this time of the year, it seems to be on like one of the free-to-air channels every single night. Yeah, and it's correct. just that yep. dangerous thing where you flick your channels and you say it. It's just like, oh, I have to watch the rest of this now. You're a romantic at heart, aren't you, Pete? Oh, I just I love that. There was one, once it was on years ago and- for some reason, all my mates were watching it at the same time, and our WhatsApp was just blowing up. It's like we were live commentating what was happening in Love Actually while <laughs> just a just a bunch of um just a, just bunch, a bunch of, of blokes of... just enjoying Love Actually together. There's nothing weird about that. Guys in their late thirties watching Love Actually on their own, messaging about it like the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, alone but together. It's actually beautiful. Uh, anyways, uh, th- that's enough about my my weird Christmas uh, traditions there, but we're technically game week 17 is still live, which makes things a little bit tricky for doing a podcast. And if you're content creating in general, and so at the moment you're on a juicy green um, doing much better than myself. 
but you're yeah. on 71 at the moment. Yeah, well, I'm on 71 once the auto subs go through, um, which obviously they haven't done yet, but I, I have seven points coming off the bench from Dubravka mm-hmm. and I think two points coming off the bench for from Matty Cash. Sure. Um, yeah, like I, I kind of uh, I hedged my bets because I didn't want to play. I didn't really like Newcastle's chances of a clean sheet, so I didn't really want to play Lascelles and Dubravka. So I played yeah. Lascelles and Ariola, and then obviously Newcastle gets a clean sheet, and I feel very silly. Um, and then I'm very happy to see that um, Ariola is uh, is not in the lineup when West Ham play. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to get those points, which are a little bit like a little bit of luck. It's probably. Yeah, I haven't really had any bench returns come on the field for me yet this season. So it feels good. feels real good. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I've got a pretty decent green arrow up from... I was 721k last week. And as you know, I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. <laughs> um, and I've come up all the way up to 424k, which, you know, feels pretty good when I was, you know, seven, nearly three quarters of a million last last week. So I'm pretty happy with that. Good stuff. Um yeah, I got what did I get? I got yeah, I, the the transfer I made this week was I brought in Pedro Porro for Gahey, so that was an immediate return from him. Got eight points. Um, it's got more clean sheets this week than I've had for the whole season combined. I reckon Lascelles, <laughs> uh, clean sheet, Simicas, clean sheet, Dubravka. I will get once they um do the auto subs. Um, yep, six points from Gordon. I held firm from with him. Uh, Fourteen from Palmer. Um, and then nine from Watkins. Everyone else blanked, including my captain in Salah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, 71 points is a, was a pretty good score this week, so I'm very happy. Very nice indeed. Good direction going um, ahead of Christmas. I At the moment, I'm sitting on 52 points, um, so it's just a small red arrow for me. But 52 or 58? I thought you were on 58. Oh, oh 52 points after... After the minus eight, because I took a minus eight last oh, week, I went big yes. with my hits. So he did. Yeah, um, sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I got got sixty points, but yeah, minus the eight at the moment is the is the fifty two. But yeah, Ariola. Uh, it was funny. I woke up on Monday morning and I checked the scores, and I saw West Ham kept a clean sheet against Wolves. So I was like, yes, finally, I'm getting a goalkeeper clean sheet. And then I was watching the highlights, and I'm like. Mm, that's Fabianski. <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> damn it. That's not that's not the wallet. That's inspector. not the guy I've got. <laughs> so yeah. that, that was um that was awful. Um yeah, Simicast, clean sheet, great. Pedro Porro. I love Pedro Porro. He just does it every Pal Torres was my one of my transfers in for this game. We finished up with two points and picked up an injury and could potentially miss the game in blank game week 18 which yep. is an almost guaranteed clean sheet against Sheffield United. But um, Hung Min Sun was another one of the players I bought in on my minus eight. Um, he only got the two points, but, man, he did some some really good point dodging against mm. Forrest, especially early in that game. Um, Cole Palmer, amazing goal assist. It's like the third time this season Cole Palmer's had a double return in a game. Yeah, um, Bowl Palmer's looking better and better every week, isn't he? <laughs> Bowl cut Palmer. <laughs> yeah. Good old Bowl Palmer. Perfect timing too, because my new Chelsea kid arrived last week. Cole Palmer on the back, so I was actually, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. I, I was repping that on my run the other day, so it was a uh, perfect timing. Yeah, Mo Salah, captain, um, blank there. Saka, yeah, nothing there. I, I, I saw there was some debate about Saka whether he should have got the assist or not, and when I saw it, I was like, nah, that's that's not a Saka assist. It takes too much of a a deviation off the opposition. Well, I, yeah, I was. I wanted to talk to you about this actually because it's not an assist using common sense. No, um, but if, but it's more of an assist than the one that they gave him earlier in the season, where the <laughs> goalkeeper palmed the corner. Like he, it was literally the same situation. Like he, he threw a corner in. The goalkeeper palmed it away. Like you chain. He, he, the goalkeeper palmed it like five meters, and then yeah. it was it was scored from and they came out and said basically um, because it was the intended destination is basically like the six yard box on a corner. So yeah. it's got, it, it's eventually got there and been scored from. So surely it's exactly the same situation. The intended destination from a corner is the six yard box. And yeah. that's exactly where it went after 
being after the glancing header from the defender. So I don't think it's a assist, but I also don't think the other one was where the goalkeeper palmed yeah. it away. And if that's an assist, then this one has to be. It doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't keep a, a con- it consistent. Like they probably both, like neither of them should have been assists. But True. having given the first one, how do you not give the second? Yeah, yeah, I understand it, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not really outraged by it. Like having seen it, my, like my first Either thought was, yeah, that's that could just can't be an assist. But I yeah, like you said, like there's, there's history. I felt there lucky. That, yeah. Exactly. I felt lucky the first time, so I felt like it was almost justice, but yeah. Mm, but um, And then, yeah, the rest of my side was um, Watkins with the nine points, superb. Um, yeah, uh, Solanke, I'm a Solanke owner, so I say currently on six points. And the last one is Darwin, who's still, even after a minus eight, Darwin still remains my side. And I'm so tempted just to, re- I-, I wish I could play with one less player, even in the blank game week, and just take him out and just, yeah like bank an extra transfer like the next week. Are you looking to take him out this week? Well, this is the thing. I probably can't. Again, he like he, he gets a stay of execution because I need I need the bodies on the field. Like I don't know if Pal Torres is going to be okay to play. So I would yeah, so, love to take him out though. So you think so you might take out Pal Torres just so that you can guarantee a starter whereas if power's fit, you think you'd take out Darwin or? Well, I've got like seven over like nearly eight mil in the bank at the moment. So, I mean, so Darwin thinking... could potentially become just ha- like back to Harland next week mm-hmm. um, yep. if, if Harland's fit. So the, well, could the... you upgrade one of the bench players that doesn't yeah. play? Right. And then just make sure you still have enough to turn Darwin into Harland. Yeah. That's probably my, my line of thinking, but yeah, 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 yeah. I, have to... I think that's the right thing to do. Mm, but yeah, like I said, I'm currently on a red arrow. But if Solanke gets those bon- three bonus points that he had prior to the the switch in the game, then it'll probably be a small green, which I'd happily take after considering I took a minus eight. But I have to thank you actually because you were working night shift the mm-hmm. night of the deadline, and you shot me a text yep. message and God knows what hour it was in the morning on Saturday morning, and it just said Harland is out. So I woke yeah. up, I saw you, I, I'd woken up just before the deadline. I saw your message. I took it as gospel. I didn't, I didn't fact check because <laughs> we don't, we don't fact check here. <laughs> no, we don't. We talked about this last week. We don't. <laughs> so yeah, I, I took it as gospel and I just, I, that was any, that was the excuse I needed for Solanke. So. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and hopefully for your sake, it pays off and you get those points. I don't wipe them, but I guess we. I was really hoping by the time we recorded this pod, we'd know yeah. um, what was happening. And Same. you know, to be fair, it's the middle of the day over there, so we should probably keep checking as we as we pod in case the announcement happens in the next sort of little while. But um, in due I'm course, now, Andrew, in due in course, due course, <laughs> due course. If if you ask me, it's over due course. Um, whatever, whatever, whenever due course is, um, that's when it's going to be. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well. Like you'll get rid of Darwin in due course, and due I'll course. get rid of Martinelli in due course. Yeah, yeah, um, which may or may not be never. Yeah, oh, but but anyway, that's that's how we finished up. But yeah, um, re- regarding, I mean, I touched on Harlan there that I've got that possibility to bring him back in. But so City are at the Club World Cup, so they beat Ottawa Red Diamonds to progress to the final against Fluminense, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And Harlan didn't take part in the game, and there's whispers that he's probably not going to take part in the final either um, with the look to have him fit for that Everton game. But there's a lot of people out there that have still have Harland. You know, it could have been that they missed the deadline or they just had other fires to put out. Um, What's your thoughts about Harland? Like you've come this far, are you selling or are you holding? Well, I'm, I'm one of those people that still have Harland. Um, because last week I just felt the reason why I kept Harland is because I felt like I had that many players in the team that I just knew that I wanted to be rid of for the rest of the season. Um, uh, like I ended up getting rid of Gahey. Yeah. I knew that I never wanted to see Gahey again in my team. So <laughs> if I was going to take, I only had one free transfer. I didn't really want to take a hit. If I was going to take a transfer, I wanted to get rid of someone that I knew that I didn't want back. Um, 
money's not really an issue for me. Like I have, even I've, I've still got Harland in the team, and I think I've got like three and a half, or th- sorry, in no, a three point two million in the bank or something like that. Wowza! So no, I've only got two point five now because I spent a little bit last week. But yeah, money's not really an issue. So I didn't mind carrying um, Harland on the bench. Like I could have, you know, upgraded anywhere in the team pretty much. So. I decided to keep Harland on the bench and then get a bit more information. Yep. Um, I also thought that like it might pay off down the track if I've got just one less transfer to make than others, especially if other people are downgrading Harland and then seeing all that money in the bank and actually spreading the funds around right. um, and making it even harder for them to get him back. Like I, I think some people have got a, conting- a contingency plan of um, getting rid of Sun or Salah when they go to when they go away to AFCON or Asia Cup. And then obviously you've got to downgrade to a midfielder and then upgrade another forward. So it's two transfers. So yeah, I thought, I feel like I've been, I, I feel like the last few weeks I've been like a transfer or two behind because I've had that many fires. So I've been a transfer or two behind the template trying to get my head above water. And I just, I really wanted to take the opportunity to catch up a transfer on the herd, if that makes sense. So I decided yep. to take the risk of keeping Harland. Um, and so now I'm in the position where I've still got him. And I, I guess it's the same, it's the same decision I've got to make this week because, you know, we know that he's got the blank. I was hoping that by now I would have more confidence in when he was going to be back. And unfortunately mm-hmm. we still don't know. Um, but I still think I'm, I, I still am faced with the same situation this week as I was last week where I've got other fires in the team, like Gordon appears to be injured now. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I've got quite a bit of money in the bank to upgrade sort of anyone else that I wanted. So it's not, I don't feel too bad about having 14 million on the bench for another week. Yeah. Um, and then see what the lay of the land is um, in game week. Which which game week is it that he's got Everton? 19? 19. Yeah. So I'll see what the lay of the land is for game week 19. I still think there's a chance that, um, you know, they, they're using this Club World Cup as an excuse to continue to rest him when if it was a more important game, they might they might have been pushing to play him, at least in this second one. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a very hand it's a it's a very convenient excuse to say he's still injured, he can't train yet, and then they don't have to risk him in the Club World Cup. Um, and then it hopefully for my sake or for other Harland owners' sake, by the time we get to the Everton game, you know, it'll be different. It'll, we'll, the message we're getting is he's back training. You know, he looks good and, and then I won't have to worry about it anymore. But um, yeah, so I guess at this stage, I'm going to continue to hold, but I know that that's not the best thing for everyone to do. There's certain people out there that probably um, don't uh, aren't going to find it easy to field, field 11 if they keep Harlan this week. Yeah, I think I, I will be able to field 11 by keeping him. So, but other, if, I think if you can't field 11... Um, or you don't have Ollie Watkins, then I think it's almost a no-brainer to sell Haaland this week um, to to field 11 players, and especially to get Ollie Watkins because he's really one of the, the key players that I think everyone needs this week. Um, yeah. He's a real captaincy candidate. Yep. Yeah, so. I have to agree there. And um, also with City at the moment, tr- just in training, we see, we've seen Kevin De Bruyne back, which mm. is uh, very tasty indeed, but probably still no word when he's actually going to return, but yeah, that'll be yeah. something on, on a lot of our radars. It could be one of those sliding doors moments that maybe he's integrated back into the city side at a, at the time when maybe Mo and Sun are heading off to AFCON and Asia Cup. And then suddenly we've yeah. got, because we're all going to be flushed with cash when those two players leave, it's, mm. you know, it's quite easy to make that sideways transition to, to De Bruyne once he's, he's back, but... I guess we'll have to yeah. wait and see. I think they're going to be pretty careful bringing him back. Like it's going to be almost yeah. similar to, to a Nkunku situation where it's like a few minutes in the first game and then yeah. build him up, build him up. Um, I think after we have this hectic kind of New Year's period, there's a little bit of a slower period for at least Premier League, right? In January. Yeah. There's a bit more of a gap yeah, between there's, games. There's the FA Cup and yeah. yeah. Is City in the FA Cup? I, I forget if they was if they were oh, knocked out or not. I can't remember. I can't remember. I feel like they were knocked out, but that might be the League Cup that I'm thinking of. Yeah. But either way, like they probably can afford to, um, you know, to really just save De Bruyne for 
um, the Premier League games. Yeah, they play. They play Huddersfield January the eighth. Yeah, so they're not going to. Apart from getting a few minutes in his legs, they're not going to risk De Bruyne in that game. They can really yeah. focus on um, getting him right for the Premier League games. Yeah, that's so yeah. That that is going to be interesting to see if he becomes um, someone pretty relevant for us when Sun and Salah go. Yeah, true, true. But um, what we might do is we might have a look ahead at game week eighteen because it actually isn't that far away, even though game week seventeen is still live. So game week 18, the deadline for, for us here in Australia is Friday morning, 5.30 a.m. So Thursday night football there over over in the UK, which is uh, pretty exciting. But kicking off with uh, Crystal Palace, Brighton, and Palace hot on the heels of that that absolute stealing of points at City. Just They played for like five minutes and they managed to get two goals. <laughs> I think the biggest talking point from that game is really – the fact that maybe Eze is not on penalties after all. Yeah, or is the biggest talking point Roy Hodgson's little giggle at Pep when they <laughs> yeah. won, won the penalty? <laughs> I love that. I love that. that. It's just He just does not give a fuck, doesn't he? He just, nah. Nah, he's just Roy. But yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, interesting that I think, yeah, Eze really goes down the uh, list of of um FPO options now that we we think that Elise might be on pens. It was a pretty good pen from Elise as oh, well. It's just man, that that kid has ice in his veins. So he does, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but apart from that, like I don't think many people have got Brighton assets anymore. Um, no. So it's not really a particularly fantasy relevant game. And it's funny because earlier in the season, Palace versus Brighton would have been very fantasy relevant. Like a lot of people had um. Crystal Palace defenders. A lot of people had Matoma, yeah, um, Estepinian, if and when he was fit. João Pedro, like they were pretty fantasy relevant, um, pretty recently, but now they're almost irrelevant. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. I feel like this is a Pascal Gross game. Like, oh yeah. If if um, you were to tell me, oh, Brighton win this game like three two, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see Pascal Gross goal assist. Like, he just seems to be involved, but he's just one of those players that no one seems to bring in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I know. I think he, yeah, like I've heard other people talk about the same thing. He's kind of like that James Ward Prowse kind of player. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of boring. I don't know why he's boring, but he kind of is. And so people just go, oh, nah. But then by the end of the season, he's actually clocked up a decent amount of points for his price point. Yeah. Um, he's like, I, I think if I played draft, he would be. Yeah, um, good option. He would absolutely be a target of mine because mm. um, he just ticks over. He doesn't really seem to get injured very much. He's pretty reliable, dependable. Yeah, scores uh, scores uh, yeah more points than you realize. Yeah. So yeah, the Brighton fixtures in the long term are pretty good. So I mean, it's not the wildest move. Like if you're looking at you know getting someone in, but it's probably one of those moves you need to commit to for like at least four game weeks. Yeah, because he's not yeah. the type of guy to do it every week. He's he's probably going to get like a monster haul one week and then go quiet for like two or three. <laughs> There's just that many midfielders, though, isn't there? I like, know. I know. Are you ever really going to be like, "Yep, Pascal Gross, he's the one"? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not really exciting, but it sort of tends to make a lot of sense. But um, anyway, I'm I'm getting a bit distracted there. But uh, Saturday morning uh, for for us, so seven a.m. Saturday morning, Aston Villa, Sheffield United now. This, from a fantasy perspective, is going to be extremely relevant because I'm really interested to see what Ollie Watkins' EO and captaincy percentage will be because I think it's a really good one on paper. It's going to be well over 100. Yeah. I think. Like yeah. Well over 100. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many, yeah, I mean, what Harlan's EO is because then we'll know how many dead teams there are. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't think, too many people will captain Salah this week. Um, I think it's going to be the decision's really going to be Watkins versus Sun. I don't know if you agree with that, yeah, or not. But I think that's the decision that most managers will be making. I think so. So um, uh, I was having a look. So um, uh, Gabe from the Net the Hall Show FPL Lens. Um, make sure you guys give them a follow and and watch and listen to their stuff because it's actually really incredible. But um, yeah, Gabe put out the FPL matchups for game week 18 and Aston Villa's expected goals for this game is like 2.45, <laughs> which I yeah. saw. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I think it's going to, I think they'll score more than two, don't you? Yeah. Like, I think uh, it's going to be. Absolutely. 
if um no offense, but if Chelsea can win two nil against <laughs> Sheffield United, then I think Villa can probably do at least one better than that. Yeah. Um, we're we're kind of like at um at loggerheads a bit with this game though, because you've got power, right? Yes. Um, power. and obviously you you want <laughs> you want him to play. I would love uh, him to play. Especially as I bought him in on my hit last week. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky six-pointer almost locked in, right, if he plays. Oh. Whereas I've got Matty Cash still, and yeah. he he probably only plays if Power doesn't play. So, because um, I imagine that if Power play, if Power's out, then Cons will probably take that uh, centre-back spot, which allows Matty Cash to start at right back. But without that happening or, and without Bailey being injured, I don't really see a spot for for um Matty Cash in in the Villa side, so yeah, yeah. Um, usually I hope for the best for you, but on this occasion, I absolutely <laughs> you want me do to not. suffer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I'm sure the feeling is mutual. Oh, uh, uh, just uh, like last week, I was like, yeah, I'll take that minus eight. Like, yeah, get Pau Torres. Like he's and I, I was debating like whether to get him or Konza, and I was looking at the data, like the you know the, the goal threats and stuff, and I was like, ah, oh, Torres just. Seems to edge that side. I'll get I'll get Torres yeah. and yeah, clear, like you know, extra Villa defender for that Sheffield United game with the Blake Gaywick. Oh, good on me, like planning ahead and yep, kicked in the balls once again. You by can't, fan, you can't legislate game. for injuries, can you? you? Can't. It's just anyway. Um, uh, it, I don't know if, what if you're confident or not. It, it, he kind of um, Emery kind of said, "Oh, we're not really sure," didn't he? So yeah, he didn't he didn't really give us much. No, he he didn't give us much at all. But um, uh, the next fixture is West Ham Man United. So United went to Anfield and they put on a defensive masterclass. I don't know if you could really say it was a defensive masterclass, but they kept a clean sheet. That's that's what yeah. we could say. And the Great Wall of Anana did did his job there, making lots of saves. But um, West Ham like Paqueta with a hat trick of assists in the previous game week and. Man, imagine if he was actually at City like they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I don't know. West Ham's attack seems to be a bit more fluent than City's <laughs> at the moment anyway. True. But, yeah, it's like West Ham are like uh, – they're a really good team um, FPL-wise because you can – you really know where the returns are going to come from. It's it's really Bowen, Kudus, and Paqueta at the moment. You can be pretty confident they're going to be involved in yeah. in all pretty much all the goals. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, same again, really. Um, this week, I think I, I'm expecting West Ham to be too good for Man United at home. Uh, yeah. I don't think Man United can put the put that great wall up again. Surely not. Yeah, I think this might be a game that West Ham probably really, really get up for. And I know Kudus is probably going to get gain a lot of attention, especially like hauling in those points. But it's almost like no buy territory now. It's like if you've got him. Yeah. Like great, like you've you've been amazingly fortunate with like he's not fortunate, but you know what I mean. Like no, you've had, the, I think that it, I think that yeah, it's you've a had good the benefits. If you've, yeah, yeah, but yeah. with Afcon coming up, like there's almost no point buying now because yeah, you know after it's like it's Man United and then Villa at home, which are pretty tricky, and then he's at Afcon, so you just leave it. But um, yeah, I, I've been thinking maybe going back to the Bowen well because. Yep. I don't know. Bowen just always feels like a bit of a security blanket with FPL. Like you just, I mean, other than the time that we sold him because he was injured, you just know he plays all the time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love Jared Bowen and I'm, I'm pretty confident that he'll be back in my team um, yeah. at some point. Sooner yeah, rather than I just, later. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. Although there's always just that many things that go wrong with your team. You just never get to those transfers yeah. that you want to make. <laughs> Luxury um, transfers. <laughs> correct. Exactly. Things you want to do. But, I mean, you've got we've both got Ariola in our team. Yeah. What do we think the situation is with that? I guess there's two there's two options. The option one is that Fabianski has done well enough while Ariola was out that he's basically won the spot, and it's his spot to lose. The other option is that while Ariola has been fit enough to be on the bench and maybe come on in an emergency where Fabianski's injured or sent off or something. He's not. He's still not 100%, which is why he's not starting. And, yeah. the, and it still is Ariola's spot um, once he is at 100% fitness. I think those are our two scenarios. Which one do you think is uh, is happening right now? I just, 
I keep thinking back to the fact that Moyes is like so old school and probably of that thinking that if it ain't broke, don't fix. So on the back of a clean sheet, I'm going to keep the goalkeeper that's done yeah. the job for me. He's Two been my goalkeeper sheets, for yeah. years anyway. Yeah. yeah. He, he got the clean sheet against Freiburg in the um in the yeah, Europa League. Europa and League. then he's got the... Yeah, and he's got the 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 clean sheet again against Wolves. So yeah, Moyes might just be like, "Why would I change it now? Like, it's not fair to him to change it." Yeah, so, yeah, interesting. Oh well, mm, lucky, hey. lucky. I've got Dubravka, <laughs> whereas you've got I've got Turner. Uh, <laughs> With God knows what's going to happen at Forest. We'll touch on that once we get to it. But once we get there, yeah, exactly right. Um, next fixture is Fulham Burnley. So um, no Raul Jimenez for this game after his red card at St. James Park. But um, yeah, up until that that Newcastle fixture, Fulham had just been absolutely flying the last few game weeks, but it, it sort of put the brakes on them a little bit. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how they reply after that Newcastle game because they probably went there like very optimistic, thinking that they could do something and then, you know, to sort of have the the rug pulled from under him with that red card. Well, look, I mean, I think that Newcastle away is one of the hardest fixtures you can get and they kept it to nil all until the red card. Am I, I'm right about that, aren't I? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think, I honestly think that Fulham are going to pick up where they left off um, before the Newcastle game. I think this could, this could be a very high scoring game. It could be like another kind of three nil, four nil. Yeah, um, Burnley. Burnley are just horrific at the moment. I think Fulham are just. I don't think that what happening at Newcastle is going to be enough to like quell their momentum. I think yeah. that they're going to be t- way too good for Burnley. Well, the crowds at Craven Cottage have been treated to some absolute goal feasts the last few game weeks, so yeah. I'm sure there's another one on the menu here. But yeah, um, Luton against Newcastle. So you know, obviously, you know the events that happened in that the Bournemouth Luton game were just oh, horrific. And, you know, your heart really goes out to Lockyer's family and stuff. But, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of emotion with this fixture, which probably yeah. isn't a good thing if you're a Newcastle FPL asset owner because, you know, the crowd at the Luton game are just going to be right up behind it. There's going to be a lot of a groundswell of support and see how they they go yeah. there. But And also Newcastle, they did get knocked out of the, the Carabao Cup this morning to my beloved they Chelsea. Did. Um, a few concerns about Aaron Gordon. Um, Aaron Gordon? No. Anthony Gordon. Aaron Gordon's the, the basketballer from the Nuggets. Yeah, from Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I've been watching <laughs> yeah. too much basketball recently. My brain is absolutely fried. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, Gordon came off. Uh, so I I didn't have the pay TV subscription to watch this game because it was on, it's on like the 40th it's different football. Being sports or whatever, yeah. Yeah, the, the only one that I don't actually have access to anymore, but um, I was listening to it. And when they say that he's pulled up after running, I was like, I was thinking, oh, this sounds like a muscle injury, but watching it back, it was more like a kick in the back of the calf, but yeah. Yeah. Or it was kind of like a, almost like a rake down the calf, which ended at the ankle. And I don't know whether that could have caused a little bit of a twist or Mm. yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah. The Gordon, the Gordon conundrum is a is a major one, I think, because um, he's obviously got Luton away is a pretty decent fixture. Although to your point, Luton are going to be pretty up for this game, and they're usually um, decent at home. Yeah. Then the next fixture that Newcastle have got is home to Nottingham Forest, which normally is an amazing fixture. But again, new manager, who knows what it's going to be like. Yeah, um, yeah, but then Newcastle's three fixtures after that are really, really difficult. You've got like Man, Man City, Liverpool, and um, Aston Villa away. The three yeah. after that, yeah. So yeah, if I'm not sure that Gordon's starting this week, I'm not sure that I'm going to keep him, just because. Mm. Yeah, like if he misses this week, then he's really only got that Forest fixture, um, and then it's three really difficult ones. So it might just be a time to cut the cord. Uh, yeah, so I, I, that's something I've that, you know got to think about over the next couple of days before the deadline. Yeah, and then you know from a defensive aspect from from Newcastle, like yeah, Trippier just had a horrible game this morning. Um, yep. Looked like I think he was planned to be rested, but had to play um, in the end because um, Kraft got injured, so he had to leave. And Botman, oh, only did Kraft pl- go off injured? 
Yeah, Kraft went off injured. So oh, he okay. um he had to I think at half time he ended up coming off. Um yeah, Sven Botman only played 45 minutes in his return. Newcastle, like Eddie Howe said, no, no, we only planned for him to play 45. So they're obviously yep. being a bit wary with his return there. But um, yeah, so we saw on the weekend, like uh, Fabian Shah got injured. Um, yeah, Joel Linton got an injury. Isaac, who we thought, oh, Isaac's going to be playing because Wilson played in the Champions League. Nah, like that's back up in the air. Yep. So yeah, it's... And now feels like Wilson's going to have to play another 90 minutes, like the, his fourth game in yeah, you know, very short. Like he's going to be injured in this game, surely. Yeah, you always feel, I, I've made this point before, but you always feel with Callum Wilson, like every game is just another game closer to his next injury. And he's just one of those Especially players that just won't be together. in the lineup. And it'll be like, oh yeah, he picked up an injury in training or yeah. And it's like, oh yeah. God, I've been, I've been down that road. Um so many times before. Up next, we got Forrest and Bournemouth. And Forrest earlier this morning, Australia time, made the decision to get rid of Steve Cooper um, and replace him with Nuno Espirito Santo. Back from, uh, where was he? Saudi Arabia, I think he was last at. <laughs> getting, that, getting, that, getting that Saudi cash. <laughs> yeah. How'd that go for him? Uh, I think he got fired pretty quickly. So... Right, okay. So, yeah, not good, but he probably got um, remunerated very well for it. I'm sure, I'm sure he did. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a tricky one, like new manager bounce for Forrest. Is there going to be a new manager bounce? I have a feeling this one's going to be a bit of a not really going to have the effect it's going to have. I mean, Forrest yeah. will stay up. Like, I, honestly, like, I don't think they'll go down anyway. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they'll stay up, like. I don't think they're as bad as the promoted teams this season. Like there's I, enough. I there. agree. I agree, so, but I just think that they're on the wrong trajectory. Like they, they I'm are not sure that Nuno is the answer. They are on the wrong trajectory. Yeah, and I agree. I think this is the type of decision that's going to really marginalize a lot of the fans because they absolutely love Steve Cooper and, and the players, and the players do as well. Exactly. Yeah, well, I, I mean so. most. Most do, maybe some don't. Um, but yeah, it seems like a bit of a watershed moment for the club, and it could be one of those things that really tilts them, like in the negative direction. I guess it could go one way or another. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really expecting your traditional new manager bounce. Yeah, that's um, that's what I mean. That's that that's basically you know, my long winded, long winded way of getting to that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. Um, if anyone knows how to bang on and say not much it's me um i think yeah i think that the you're not going to get that that reaction that you usually get when you know a manager goes because usually it's like the players kind of feel refreshed or whatever and yeah i don't know like it kicks them into gear or is this i i i think this could be like a real downer um mm. for the squad um you know cooper's done so much for them he got them promoted he's very well liked by everyone around the club and the fans and everything. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see because Nuno hasn't been particularly successful in his last few appointments, but anyway, um, I guess to your point, they are good enough to stay up. So hopefully they do. Yeah. And um, yes, Bournemouth, I'm a bit uh, disappointed for them that the, the their previous fixture finished the way it did, but you know, Solanke's ownership is probably only going to go up. I dare say. Yeah. Um, yep. So he's been on fire recently, and yeah, we, we talked at length last on last week's show about Bournemouth and and their assets and why they're so so appealing. But um, yeah, as a Solanke owner, I'm really looking forward to this game. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I mean, we're, obviously, we're still waiting on the announcement, but uh, of what's going to happen with that game. But if there are people that are now looking to lose Harland, I still think Solanke this week is one of the big options to go for. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's really between Watkins and, and Solanke um, again, if you, if you're deciding to lose Harland this week. So if people have already got Watkins, they probably are still going to go to Solanke, especially since, you know, there's that possibility of a double game week in the, down the track, if they do completely replay that Luton game. So people are going to see him as a decent longer, longer term, old for that reason yeah um 
so yeah, I think I, I agree with you. His ownership's going to go up even even more this week. Yeah, and let's wait see. Let's see how that plays out. But uh, Spurs Everton the next fixture and uh, probably another one of those um, popular captaincy directions as far as Hongming mm. Sun goes for this game, especially at White Hart Lane. Um, yeah, they've been so impressive. But yeah, Richarlison seems to be the one that's gaining a lot more interest and you know scoring back to back games now that. I think yeah. he's got the trust of Ange, I reckon, at the moment. So he's probably going to keep playing, um, you know, a, a starring role in that side. But you know, Kulisevsky, it just seems to be the one catching the eye at the moment. It seems to be a lot more end product with what he's doing, yeah. which is what we yeah. saw when he first arrived at Tottenham. It sort of didn't happen a lot for him last season. But, yeah. Yeah, it's a, the Spurs assets are interesting ones, really, because... Um, you probably it seems like Brennan Johnson's going to be fine. Yeah. So, um, I mean, more than likely you're going to have Kulisevsky kind of playing like in the middle a bit more. He's not going to be on the right wing because um, they might have Sun left and and um, Brennan Johnson on the right with yeah. um, Richarlison in the middle. Um, so that's something to consider as well. But the other thing that I like, the other reason I like Richarlison is that I think he's probably going to be the one that's going to be on pens when. Um, when Sun goes to the Asia Cup. So someone like myself that's way behind the curve in terms of, you know, getting the right players in, I still haven't got Sun. And I think now I've almost got to that tipping point where it makes more sense for me to bring in someone like Richarlison than it does to bring in Sun. Because, yeah, Richarlison can, to a certain extent, cover Sun for the next couple of weeks. And then he's going to be the pick that... um, that everyone kind of wants whilst when Sun's gone because he's going to be on on pens, um, you know maybe the Aaron, <laughs> maybe the Anthony Gordon sorry injury <laughs> um, might be might be the entry point to Richarlison um, for me. I was actually thinking of going um, Martinelli to Richarlison this week because you know I'm sick of Martinelli in my side, but it <laughs> might end up being Gordon now. Yeah, yeah another fire to put out but at least he's cheap i suppose so and yeah absolutely he's very cheap he, he went up the other day but he's still only like 6.7 yeah um but yeah i mean this this fixture is actually going to be just talking about the fixture in general it's going to be a really good game i think um i think it's very easy to look at that and go oh yeah spurs home to everton that's yeah. a good fixture for spurs assets but everton have been really impressive recently um so you know given the spurs still have you know issues with Basuma being suspended. Um, yeah, that's and, that's a know, big one. That's a big one. That's a very big one. It's a very big one. They still have, um, you know, Van de Ven out. Um, yeah. So you know they're not they're nowhere near full strength. And Everton are just going from strength to strength at the moment. So I think that it's going to be a really really competitive game. Yeah, yeah. Everton defensively, you know, the last four game weeks, just you know, banking clean sheets, like they're going out of fashion at the moment. So. Um, they've been much improved to and probably playing with a bit more freedom now that they've sort of, you know, made to waste that 10-point deduction. And, you know, had they actually had those 10 points, they'd, you know, probably be sitting, you know, around eighth or ninth, I think, at the moment. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's going a bit under the radar because I think people tend to just glance at the the table and go, oh, Everton's down there. But, yeah, probably in reality is probably telling a different story. So yeah. 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 But having said all that, I still don't really see any Everton assets I'd want except for maybe some cheap defensive assets. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, they've been on this really good run, but DCL really hasn't been involved in, Mm. you know, he hasn't played, he hasn't played 90 minutes yet. I don't think. Um, Yeah. I think he shares minutes with Beto. Yeah. It might've been like 70 or 80 odd minutes that that he, the most that he's played in a fixture. So in this run of four games, I think he missed one of the games as well. So, yeah, it's not like there's one clear direction that, oh, yeah, this is the guy. I mean, Decore has been fantastic. Mm. And probably another one of those players that if you play draft, it's, it's yeah. not a bad move because you just, it's a set and forget type of move. But yeah, he's, you know, quietly doing the business. Like, there's probably managers out there that have Decore and like, you know, getting those points while every week, you know, we're all talking about the same players. Like we're talking about the Gordons and the Palmers and Huang. And meanwhile, yeah, like you pointed out a few weeks ago on the show, like Decore is just, just doing it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's exactly the same kind of player as like a um, uh, a Gross or a Ward Prowse. Like yeah. he just accumulates points over the season, and probably no one will ever get them. But um, yeah, he wouldn't be the worst pick uh, to just be like if you if you're on a wild card or something and just wanted to play like a like a four midfielder three forward kind of formation. He wouldn't be the worst kind of fifth midfielder. Yeah, um, just to have in in that kind of structure. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very good point indeed. But um, the big fixture is Liverpool-Arsenal, a fixture that throws up a lot of goals. Um, who remembers the Arshavin four-goal hall um, at Anfield? That was always fun. But, uh, yeah, I'm not expecting Darwin to score in this game, of course, um, whether or not he plays or not. It doesn't really matter. He's not going to return anyway. So I think it's yep. 10 fixtures now in total for Darwin without a goal, So which is pretty... Pretty bad. <laughs> and you've had him for the whole lot. Uh, I basically had him the whole time. When does it get to the point where, like, as, a, a, you know, football people just go, look, I don't think he just has it. Like, he doesn't have that, that bit that you need to be, you know, the elite. Yeah. He seems to do it for his country. Yeah. And, and we've seen it in Sparks for Liverpool. It, it still feels it still feels like he's very young and raw and it could come, but uh, him being thrown in to be like the everyday number nine for Liverpool, it seems like it's been a bit much for him. Yeah. See, I I think had Cody Gakpo like, like started the amount of games that Darwin starts at, yeah. or Diogo Jota, they would have so many more goals. They'd probably have like four or five goals at least. Yeah. 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 Like they're he, just better finishers. Yeah. They're better like, you know, football brains. Yeah. Gakpo is more of a Firmino type where he's good for the players around him. Yeah. But can also chip in. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I Darwin agree. just runs around and hits the post. <laughs> Having said that, you are going to still have him this week probably. It's yeah, by the sound of it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so. It suits my narrative of complaining every week. Yeah, it does. It does. It yeah. works well for you. You know what I want for Christmas? I want a Darwin Hall. What you know? Uh, every okay, week well, I say this is the last week I'm going to have Darwin. But yeah, yeah. This actually will... might. I think I'd rather transfer Darwin out for a non-playing Erling Haaland. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm the same with Martinelli. Like I've been talking about getting rid of Martinelli for literally weeks, and here comes another week where I yeah. was going to do it, and now a different injury comes along, and it's like, ah, oh, one more week. Um, you know, I suppose yeah. they're never the biggest problem when you when they're starting, and while ever they start, there's a chance that they'll score, and we both kind of feel that way about you know those players, but it doesn't feel good to have to go through another week with just a everyday blanker Martinelli in my team. Yeah. But um, from a footballing perspective, this fixture, like it's amazing, like two teams really pushing at the top of the table. Um, yep. Yeah. Just, it's going to be absolutely humding it to watch. And yeah, it's interesting to see how Arteta is going to set up um, going to Liverpool. I remember on that, um, that all or nothing Arsenal series, they showed Arteta and the Arsenal team training at their complex, and you had this the speakers out on the training field blasting out, you'll never walk alone. <laughs> I just conditioned them to, the, I think they ended up losing that game, but just sort yeah, of conditioned it them. It didn't to, necessarily work. No, it's just one of those oddball things that Arteta does. But yeah, like, yeah, fascinating game. And from an FPL perspective, there's probably a lot of managers out there sitting with, you know, five, maybe even six assets in this yeah. game alone. Cause I mean, I'm tripled up on Liverpool. Many, many people are as well. And, you know, it's it's not out of the realms that there's lots of managers out there with, you know, double or maybe even triple Arsenal. Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of people have got, I mean, most people have got Saka. Yeah. A lot of people have got, most people have got at least one Arsenal defender and some have got two. Mm. Um, so under that scenario, it's very, you know, if they've also got, you know, um, Simakas, Salah. Mm. Yeah. God forbid Darwin. Then yeah, they, they we could <laughs> be they could stupid have enough to own Darwin. God's to sake. still have Darwin. I know, yeah. but yeah, um, definitely. It's I mean that's probably one of the main reasons why this week's looking like it could be a bit lower scoring than um, than some of the ones we've had or than last week. Just yeah. given that 
yeah, a lot of people are going to have um, defenders from both sides and it may or may not be kind of a KG match given the stakes, you know, what's on the line. Basically, first place in the Premier League is on the line in this game. Mm, yeah, so, yeah, that's oh, it's going to be an amazing game to watch. So, um, good way to kick off Christmas Eve. Um, I'll be up at 4.30 in the morning watching that for sure. Like, how do you miss that? Oh, there you go. Um, I think I'll watch the replay at breakfast. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I will see because I'm going to be up on Christmas morning at midnight. Well, you know, the early hours of Christmas morning. Um, I'll be keeping one eye on Wolves versus Chelsea and the other eye on the Christmas tree for Santa to, to come. Yep. Um, drop yep. off some goodies for me, but... Yeah, Christmas. So he's not going to come until after that game at your house because no. obviously he's not going to come until you go to bed. So yeah, he knows when you've been sleeping. He knows when you're awake. So yep. Um, but yeah, it was really good this morning seeing the scenes from Stamford Bridge after that cup win and like scenes of jubilation and the crowd and um, everyone getting up and about and just scenes that like I've been so accustomed to seeing that sort of stuff over the last twenty years. And then mm. there's just been like this void of any happiness at Chelsea the last 18 months or so. Uh, but it was it was one of those like watershed moments uh, for the probably the last year. But um, had this fixture been reversed and this game at Stamford Bridge, I'd be much more confident. But going away to Wolves, I think is going to be really tough. Yeah, possibly. I just think I, I think that Chelsea of maybe building a little bit of confidence and momentum again. Like it was only a week ago that we were talking about how terrible they were. Yeah. But I think they, you know, the 2-0 win over Sheffield United, it's just Sheffield United, but it is a stepping stone to building some momentum. And then what happened today yeah. where they score in the, in, you know, added time to send it to penalties and then they, yeah. win, they win in penalties. Like that's the kind of thing that kind of builds confidence within a club and a bit of a feel good, uh, mentality. So, I mean, I think under that scenario, I, I'm, I wouldn't. I think Chelsea. I think Chelsea will win the game. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I think they will. Maybe I'm saying that as a, as an optimistic um, Cole Palmer owner, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I feel good about their chances. Oh yeah, that, that's that's what I want for Christmas. I want to start the day off with a a nice Chelsea win, um, but. Yeah, so touching back on that Carabao Cup quarterfinal win. So it was sort of like the perfect perfect scenario of things to happen in that game because Mudrick getting that injury time winner is probably going to do his confidence a world of good yep. um, to get all that jubilation. Um, Petrovic, who's in goals at the moment, like stood up big in the penalty shootout with with the big save there. So that's going to that's gonna do him good with, with Sanchez out for a little while. But And, yeah, and Cuckoo. You know, finally making his return. Well, not return, yeah. but making his debut, I should say, um, for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge too. And um, yeah, he he looked class in the in the minutes he was out on the pitch. Nearly scored with one of his first first touches too. So um, had Raheem Sterling had a bit more composure about him. Um, but anyway, that's that's another kettlefish. And Cuckoo is definitely one of those players I want. But it's mm. it's not yet. They're, they're clearly still trying to ease him in into football. But I think once he sort of has 60 minutes or so regularly under his belt, then it's it almost feels like a no-brainer um, yeah, from, okay. from that perspective there. But, um, yeah, so that, that's what we've got to look forward to for game week 18. So, yeah, it's a big one. goes all the way from, you know, Friday morning to, to Monday morning. So bit of a yeah. bit of a stretch Strange. one when – you can it's a strange game week. Yeah, when you consider like game week nineteen kicks off like the next day on Tuesday on Boxing Day, and then that stretches out like most of the week. It's just I don't know the scheduling just seems really like I get it, but at the same time, there's just no consideration for player welfare at all. <laughs> no, well, luckily there haven't been many injuries this year, so I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, it's like oh, no, we have a winter break. But we yeah. just play like shitloads of football before and after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh well, it's. I mean, it's always been like that, and it's never going to yeah. change. Yeah, it's 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 sort of what makes the the Premier League the Barclays um, very unique, doesn't it? But um, anyway, now it's time for Goodwill Punting, where we look at a differential for the game week. And Andrew, who have you picked out 
for this week? Uh, who who I... are you stuffing in your Christmas stocking this game week? <laughs> I've got Andreas Hogglebum Pereira <laughs> coming out of my Christmas stocking. Um, yeah, on I've got Andreas from uh, from Fulham. So yeah. I really like him this week. I like Fulham home to Burnley this week. As I said earlier, I think there's going to be like three or four goals for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Andreas is only 5.3. He was a bit of a staple in our teams last year, but this year sort of has never really been fantasy relevant. But yeah. Um, you know, he's only 1.2% owned. So that kind of goes to show how irrelevant he's been up to now. But we do have a suspension to Jimenez. We do have potentially another injury to Willian this morning in the uh, League Cup. Yeah. So that would pretty much guarantee that Pereira is on penalties. Um, and I think that home to Burnley is just about one of the best, you know, two fixtures in the uh, in the Premier League at the moment. So... Um, I'd take I'll, I'll take the bloke on pens home to Burnley any day for my Google punting. Oh, I like it. Good pick indeed. Um, I'm going with Leon Bailey from Aston Villa. Oh, nice. This gaming. So 2.5% owned, only 5.6 million. But I know the minutes is often a bit of a risk um, with Bailey, which has been the case ever since he joined. But um, yeah, with that home fixture against Sheffield United, I think. Even with limited minutes, if that's going to be the case, he he might still be able to do a bit of damage there. So that's that's who I'm going with. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick. Like Leon Bailey is on fire at the moment, um, and he did play how many minutes? He played sixty minutes the other day. Oh no, uh, he, no, sorry, he didn't. He came off the bench the other yeah, day. Yeah, played like twenty five minutes off the bench. Yeah, that's right. Because he was sort of a bit of an injury doubt, wasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. I think that I think that if if he's fit, he'll start. So, given that he played twenty five minutes, hopefully without incident the other day, um, yeah, I think he probably does start, and he's a very very good option. This yeah, week. that's where I'm going with. Um, as far as our picks from last week, we both did horribly wrong. Um, you went with Tavernier, who only picked up two points, but I mean, it's a bit tough when that game gets abandoned. Um, I went yeah. with Gusto, who didn't even feature, uh, but he did come off the bench in this morning's cup game. So maybe there's an option there for for FPL managers looking to get into Chelsea defence at the cheap, although they are conceding goals for fun at the moment. So maybe it's not the best idea. But, oh, Captain, my captain, top three options. Um, I haven't added anything to the spreadsheet because I think you've nailed the three. Because that's oh, who I was going to go with. Yeah, probably. Even even number three, because that's a little bit controversial. Yeah, I don't mind number three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I've gone Watkins number one. I think he's a clear best option home to Sheffield yeah. United. Um, two, Sun, home to Everton. And three, I've gone for our mate, Bowl Palmer, away <laughs> to, uh, to uh, Wolves. So, I mean, I think that the third option is a bit of an outside punt. Like, it's definitely going to be between Watkins and Sun for vast majority of people. Yeah. Um, there's probably going to be a, a few people that go for, like, Salah. Yeah. But I really I, – I don't think that Salah is the best option this week. I would, I would definitely prefer Cole Palmer to Salah this week. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's a – yeah. I think that, yeah, the Watkins or Sun option is probably going to be very popular captain-vice-captain combo there. Yeah. So – um, I like it. Um, as far as the league table goes, it's a bit hard to give the proper um, rundown with it, with with what's happening. But currently, as things stand at the moment, thanks to Live FPL, we've, the league leader is still Stu Pankin with his side, Wadley 23, 1,079 points at the moment. Um, Andrew, do you know where you are on the ladder? Uh, I didn't even look because it's like a partial game week. So I, I literally don't, but I should I, be on a green arrow. You are on green arrow at the moment. As things stand, you're currently in 33rd spot. So up from 41. So well done. Nice. Okay. And yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been hovering around 30 to 40 for literally the whole <laughs> the season. <entire> season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, up to 30, 30 again. That's good. Uh, and I'm currently on a small red. I'm down to 76th. So um, let's let's wait and see how that goes. But manager of the game week, as things stand at the moment, is our very good friend of the show. You've heard this man before on this show when Andrew was away last time. Tien, with from F, you know the FPL planner, the the goat of Australian FPL, right there. So with his side, cashless society, ninety two points this game week with 
you know, Chuck a minus four on there. He's still manager of the game. So in TN's side, he had Dubravka, Pedro Porro, Saliba with the seven points, Alexander Arnold with nine points. So, you know, the full full suite of defensive clean sheets, which is, you know, a bit of an albatross there, very rare. Um, Palmer, 14, Salah, Captain Blank, Bowen, eight points, Gordon, six, Solanke, um, Solanke showing up with the nine points here, um, and Gabriel Jesus, nine, and Watkins, nine. So, yeah, incredible, incredible game week for TN there. The only Blank was his captain. Yeah, amazing. Isn't that, isn't that unlucky, the only player that Blanks is your captain? Yeah, um, just, that's just I love absurd. His, I love his... um. Jesus pick as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm actually thinking that um, Jesus might be someone that I look at if it does turn out that Harlan's injury just drags on and on and on. Ah, I yeah. Actually quite, I actually quite like the Harlan to Jesus shout. It's just this week's not a good one for it, given that Arsenal's yeah. playing Liverpool. But um, but yeah, I I don't know why we didn't talk about it as one of the options last week when we were going through the Haaland options. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love the Jesus pig. Like I think that he's, um, yeah. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, was it this season? Was it last season that he literally yeah. was owned by everyone at last million? season? Yeah. To start yeah. the season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really like him as a pick moving forward, but um, yeah, of course the planner gets in ahead of everyone. Of course. That's, that's, that's what he does. So it is what um, he does. well done to So absolutely smashing it as um, the man always does. But um, before we finish up, the, you can follow us on the socials, Twitter and Instagram at FPL sign and give Andrew a follow to make his Christmas that little bit sweeter at FPL underscore point break. And you can email the show podcast at FPL Hit those like and subscribe buttons and, um, yeah, the retweets and the quote tweets and and everything else. So um, love the interaction from from everyone out there. We we're, we're quite fortunate that we've got a, a great community of listeners at um, FPL Signet. So uh, love it when you all get involved, um, which is always cool. And yeah, before we finish up, I just want to say Merry Christmas, um, Happy Holidays to everyone out there. Have a safe um, holidays. Hopefully you have lots of fun. Hopefully you get lots of stuff that you want for Christmas. I'm, I'm always asking Santa for more football kits and <laughs> three points and Darwin returns. That's it. I'm a simple man. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. What, what have you written on your, your Santa envelope that you posted the other day in big crayon? Uh, <laughs> just craft socks and beer. jocks every year. <laughs> yeah. Craft socks beer, and socks and jocks. <laughs> I'm a happy man. You know, a couple of green arrows. You you know when you when you're old when you get like socks and jocks like for you know as gifts and you you actually you're happy with it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, at that, some that's... point in your life, you kind of transition. Yeah, where you, you get socks and jocks every single Christmas, and then there's one year where for the first time ever you're actually happy, and then yeah. that's when you know that you're old. Yeah, it's like oh. I have I have crossed that threshold, unfortunately. Mm. I, I'll, I'll tell you guys a, a funny story. So um, when I was a kid, I, I don't know, I was about nine or 10. Um, I wanted a bike so bad for Christmas and I was hundred percent convinced my grandparents would get me a bike. And I remember my, my grandfather was like, Oh, Pete, I couldn't bring your Christmas present inside. It's just too big. And I was like, I'm getting a, I'm getting a bloody bike. And he was like, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's got a, it's got a seat and it's got wheels on it. So, you know, it's really hard to wrap. And I was like, all day, I was absolutely buzzing. And um, our family wouldn't let us do anything with the presents until like after, after lunch or something. So anyway, all day, I'm just buzzing. I'm like, I want my bike. I want my bike. We, we finally finish up the lunch. We all get, you know, gathered around in the, the sunroom and everything comes out. My grandfather walks in carrying this, desk chair oh no <laughs> mate i have never been i was flatter than a surfboard at that moment i was i as my grandfather was pissing himself laughing because he knew exactly what he was doing he was rolling me up and yeah. oh i just i've never been more disappointed in my life but i always think of that and i just piss myself laughing well so you actually did get the bike he was taking the piss right no no he got me a desk chair 
Oh, he did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that is brutal. Yeah, yeah that's like, brutal. He knew I wanted a bike, so he was yeah, just you know. I thought that the up. desk chair was just like a show, and then he's nah, like, "No, you're nah, real presence in the other room." Desk. And it was a yeah. shit desk chair. It was one of those like hard plastic bucket ones with like a metal yeah. pole. And, like just... probably got it off a council cleanup. <laughs> hard rubbish <laughs> collection. Yeah, pick up indeed. So yeah. yeah, hopefully, if you're listening out there and you're getting a desk chair, I hope it's better than the one I got when I was like nine or ten years old. Oh, well, I'm glad that you're over it and you're not bitter about it. (laughs) Yeah, something I need to address uh, in my therapy sessions in the future, I think. (laughs) I think so. I think so. That is, uh, that's a brutal story. Uh, Well, I hope you and your family have a lovely Christmas, Andrew. You too, mate. You too. Thanks very much. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure when we will record next because... You know, as as we mentioned, like the Boxing Day fixtures kick off like the day after um, the the this well this weekend's game week actually finishes, so it, it makes it a bit hard for recording. But we will try and work something out. So it may be one of those. I'm big... sure we'll figure something out. Who knows? Maybe game week seventeen might be closed by then. We don't know. Due course. <laughs> there will be another FPL side net pod in due course. Okay, that's all you need to know. Exactly. So <laughs> until then, everyone. Um, Merry Christmas, ho, ho, ho. Let your defensive sheets be clean and your arrows green. See ya.